If you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it. We thank you, God, for all that we have experienced this morning, Lord, that we've just been able to rest in your presence this morning, God. We thank you for the We Care ministry and for the Guyana mission team and all that you're doing through the ministries of Pine Valley. Lord, we pray in advance for the children's musical this afternoon and for the 50 or so kids that are involved in that, Lord. And we just thank you for a great gospel presentation that it, that it was yesterday and that it's going to be again today at 5. Now, Lord, let us hear your word. Let us be challenged by it. Let us be changed by it. And may we never get over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in the middle of our series. Uh, it is called, uh, Did God Say That? We are looking at certain sayings that um, we uh, Christians have used at times, or maybe you've heard them used before. Different sayings that, you know, about, um, that you may hear that are sayings that challenge us sometimes, or maybe even sayings that are supposed to comfort us at some time, uh, at, at points in time. Things that you hear like clinical. Cleanliness is next to godliness, and you may have heard that. It often has been used uh, in the past 100 years to mean neatness or being clean and that kind of thing when it was actually originally used by our founder, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, to actually talk about having a clean heart and living a clean life. And, and then we talked about last week uh, the phrase, God moves in mysterious ways, and, and we saw that that definitely, even though that phrase does not actually come from the Bible, it was from a hymn in 1773, but yet it is actually a phrase that, uh, that is biblical because uh, we know that the Bible tells us that God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are of our thoughts, and so we can see it there. And, and then uh, today I want to look at one that we oftentimes use and, or say, and that is the phrase, love the sinner hate the sin and you maybe you've used it before maybe you've heard people use it before oftentimes it's when we're talking about uh, uh, maybe somebody that's not living in, in a way that we agree with or that we don't believe in and those kind of things and so we will say love the hater I mean love love the hater well we need to do that too <laughs> love the sinner hate the sin and, and and it actually that statement alone is not found in the Bible Although, uh, I believe what we're going to look at is that the precept of it is, but the statement alone is not found in the Bible. Uh, it actually was first used by St. Augustine uh, in his uh, letter 211, written in A.D. 424, in which he says, With love for mankind and hatred for sins. Um, a, a more contemporary uh, form was actually used by Mahatma Gandhi, and whenever he talked about in his autobiography, hate the sin and not the sinner is a precept which, though easy enough to understand, is rarely 
practiced. And that is why the poison of hatred spreads in the world. In other words, oftentimes uh, our hatred for the sin, we get it mixed up in such a way that we end up, that poison of hatred spills over into the hatred of the person that we are referring to as a sinner. Now, does this mean that Jesus was okay with sin? No, it doesn't. In fact, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, it is a ministry of grace and truth. You see it in the ministry, in his ministry time after time. You especially see it whenever there was this lady who was caught in the act of adultery. Of course, where's the guy? He's not brought. We don't see him anywhere. But anyway, the lady's brought before Jesus, and they're about to stone her. Jesus writes something in the sand, and all of a sudden he says, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. And all the folks that were about to stone her to death drop their stones and they walk off. And whenever they walk off, uh, he looks to the woman and, and, and she's looking around and she doesn't see her accusers there. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And, and Jesus' ministry is a ministry of grace, but then also a ministry that challenges us to a new life, challenges us away from the sin that we find ourselves in. And so it's both grace and truth. And, and, and so he continues this whenever he tells his disciples, this is my main commandment for you. Now remember, this is at the upper room, at the Last Supper. It, it's, it's the mandate that we're given uh, by him. That's why we have a Maundy Thursday service, which is the uh, Thursday night before Easter. We had a Maundy Thursday that's what Maundy means. And that literally means for us a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. You love one another as I have loved you. Now, so I want us to think about this precept of love the sinner, hate the sin, but in the, in the context of what Jesus tells us to do. And with that, I want us to work through the process this morning. What is the process to truly love people who live in ways that we don't agree with? How do we truly love people who live in ways that we don't agree with? Because like society right now says, oh no, if you don't agree, you're my enemy. You're, 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 I, I do away with you, I ghost you I, I, on, the, on social media, I, I don't want anything else to do with you, don't comment on my post anymore, things like that. That's the world we're living in. We, we, they, we cancel, we, all those kind of things, and, and that's not what... Jesus is teaching us to do. And so what is the process to truly love people who live in ways we don't agree with? Number one is this. I think we first have to get this. Love other people, period. Period. Love other people, period. We have to know that God's first commandment to us is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and then love our neighbors as ourselves. So if that's one of his main commandments and then he comes along and even takes it a step further and says love others as I have loved you, then that is what we must do. It means loving others because here's the thing. So many times when we are saying, oh, I'm going to love the sinner but hate the sin, already we are labeling, labeling that person by what they do. 
And didn't we talk about last uh, a couple of weeks ago when we are justified, whenever we are, are made one with Christ, whenever Christ comes into our life, then we are not what we have done. Amen? We are not what we have done. And so if God's saying that we're not what we have done, why in the world do we think that it's okay for us to say about somebody else that they are what they have done? And so we have to love other people, period. Look, Jesus shows this over and over. You remember the, the, the woman who, who was known as a prostitute? She comes in, she breaks this jar of perfume and, and over Jesus' feet and, and anoints his feet with it and, and, and washes his feet with her hair. And everybody is like, why in the world would she do that? Why would he even let her touch him and all of this? And Jesus says, I want you to know that what she has done will be talked about for years. She has given the most here. And sure enough, 2,000 years later, we're talking about her this morning. Jesus was constantly telling us to love other people. See, this love that he wants us to love with is an agape love. Apageo is, is, is the word uh, in, in, in the Greek, and it, and it really actually means an unconditional and unlimited choice to love. It doesn't, now, now you need to understand here, it, it means that it's a love that you love even when you don't feel like loving. It's a love for somebody that you choose to have. It, it means loving those that don't agree with us on Facebook or Instagram or on Twitter. It means loving those that, 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 that it means Duke fans. It means loving some Carolina fans, all right? I mean, really, it means Carolina fans, loving some Duke fans. Hey, Lee, start with one or two. Yeah, I'm going to pick these two. I'm going to start loving them first, and then I'm going to see if I, you know. But anyway, but, but, um, but, but it, it means loving people that are hard to love. And sometimes we all can be hard to love. But that's the love that Christ has for us. And we have to refuse to be enemies with people we don't agree with. Number two is this. Love the sinner, hate our sin. Before we can love the sinner, hate the sin, we have to hate our sin. We have to look at ourselves. We have to love the sinner and then see that we're the sinner as well. In fact, the Bible tells us that. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When we label somebody sinner, we can't do that without labeling ourselves. We have to label ourselves as sinner as well. We have to do that. Look, look, Jesus tells them this in Matthew 7, verses 3 through 5. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look at a plank in its own eye? Hypocrite. For first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly the, to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't be uh, concerned with sinful behavior. It doesn't mean that we are okay with it. But it means that before looking at somebody else's sin, we better look at ours as well. Amen? Love the sinner, hate our sin. So if we're going to love other people, period, and then we're going to love the sinner but also hate our sin and try to ask God to do what he needs to do in our lives so that we're who we need to be, then that comes to this third part of the process. Speak the truth in love. There are times when we authentic, authentically, through authentically loving others, there are times that we have 
to speak the truth. And sometimes it's not an easy truth to speak. Look, we all need warnings sometimes. Amen? In fact, I mean, why do you think there's warning labels on things sometimes? And even sometimes those labels, uh, I mean, some labels are like, duh. I mean, check out, here's two warning labels right here that you might not realize are out there. But here's one. Um, it, It is... It's a microwave warning label, and it says, do not use for drying pets. <laughs> you know what that means? Somebody must have tried that at some point. That's what's sad. I hate it for that pet. Amen. Uh, I mean, that's bad. Uh, here's, here's another one. Look at this one. Strollers, caution, remove child before folding. I mean, did somebody say, well, little Johnny's kind of small, so I think he'll be all right. Let's just put him in. I mean, I hope not. I hope not. But anyway, so the warning labels are good. Folks, sometimes we have to warn each other. Sometimes we have to caution each other. Sometimes we have to speak the truth in love, especially when folks are going in a direction that will lead to destruction. But let me, I, I want us to look at this. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, it says this, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In other words, we, we, we shouldn't be folks that are just going with whatever the wind of the culture is blowing in. And, and, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Notice two things here. First of all, when we speak the truth, we speak it in love. And we speak it in, the second thing is that we speak it in a way that builds up and does not tear down. We have to speak it in a way that builds up into Christ. That's that's where we get unity at. It's through speaking the truth in love and building up into a way that we are taking on the character of Christ. Paul in Galatians writes it a different way. He says in Galatians 6.1, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly. Now, that means right there that we're taking care of our own sin. Some translations use use, you who are spiritual. So that means we who are looking at our own sin, looking at ourselves in the mirror, that kind of thing. And you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. The late Dr. Bill Henson would tell about, used to whenever he was a young boy, that sometimes his uh, mother would sew a button back on his shirt and he said that she'd sew that button back on my shirt while it was on me. Because I would lose it while it was on me. And so she'd sew it back on there. And he said, I was sitting there. Or I'd be standing there nervous. A nervous wreck. Because as she was sitting there sewing. All I could see was that needle going in. And all I could think about was that that needle was going to poke me somewhere or the other. And, and he said that. Uh, he said, but what I didn't realize. Is that the whole time my mother had her finger behind that shirt. He says, you know what? I never got stuck with that needle. But there's a very good chance that she was sticking herself several times as she was repairing that button. And that's what our truth, that's what our our speaking the love, speaking the truth in love should be doing. 
Because, folks, let's continue to love others the way that Jesus loves. That's what we're called to do. And, and that way is not an easy way. I, I tell you, I was sort of taught, it's a sacrificial way. And I was sort of taught that lesson one time. I, I remember I was in Greenville and over there for a meeting. And while I was there, Tina's uncle was in the hospital. And I remember going to visit them there at Greenville Hospital. Now, if you've ever been to uh, University Hospital in Greenville, uh, it is like a huge hospital. And, um, and, and it's hard to find your way around. But anyway, I went to the information desk to find out where it was I needed to go. And there was this guy that was at the information desk. He was in a wheelchair, and he was wearing this old kind of dingy-looking plaid flannel jacket. Now, I had on a jacket. I like to dress up my jeans a little bit, kind of like I did today, all right? So, uh, but anyway, I had on a, a sport coat that I had bought at a store called Buckle. Of course, I looked, and it's actually made in China. But anyway, it, it, it was, uh, but, but I bought it there at that store, and it had these cool little designs on it and stuff. Anyway, and the guy looks at me after he tells me which way I'm supposed to go. He said, man, I just want to tell you, I really like your jacket. I was like, well, thank you, thank you. And I start to the room to see Tina's uncle, and about the time I get halfway down the hall, all of a sudden, it's like the Lord speaks to me, or I believe it is the Lord that spoke to me. And, and now I'm not saying this happens a whole lot in this way, but it happened that day in this way. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Tim, you're supposed to give that guy your jacket. And I was like, What? And I was continuing. I said, Well, I'll tell you what, Lord, I'll tell you what, God. If whenever I leave, if I go out the same way and he's still sitting there at that desk, then you and me will talk about it some more. And, and, and you know, because I just, I mean, it's just, just my mind playing tricks on me or whatever. Anyway, I go have a good visit with Tina's uncle and all, and I'm on my way back, and I look down the hall, and right there at that desk, he is still sitting there. And then the Lord starts pressing it on me again. And so I get up there and I said, you know what? I don't even know if he wears the same size as me. So I get up there and I say, hey, how you doing? You have a good day and everything. He said, yep, you have a good day. I said, I'm just going to ask you this question. He said, what size jacket do you wear? He says, oh, I wear a large. Well, at that time, I wore a large. I think I still do. But anyway, and I said, this is going to sound crazy, but God told me to give you my jacket. He said, oh, you ain't got to do that. I said, God told me to give you my jacket. And so I gave it to him. And I left, and I was on my way home. And I was out on, it was whenever I pastored up in Bladen County. I was on I-95 heading to Fayetteville to go in that way. And I remember sitting there. I was about to call Tina and tell her. And then I was like, what did I just do? I gave away my buckle jacket. And, and, uh. It was like God spoke to me again, and he said, The sacrifice you just made is nothing compared to the sacrifice that I made for you. And it convicted me. And I said, you know what? Jackets can be replaced. I told that story. I told that story at my church that next Sunday. And somebody came up and handed me something in my hand after church and said, Go get you another jacket. And I went back, didn't know if they would have them or not, but I went back, and actually it was on sale for exactly what they gave me. And I still have that jacket. Now it's been worn a little bit now, and like I say, I hope I can still fit in it. But anyway, but folks, 
Jesus' love is a sacrificial love. And to love folks that we don't agree with and to love especially folks that we're having a hard time to love or are not showing a lot of lo- uh, or are not showing a lot of love to us it's a sacrificial love and if Jesus could go to the cross for a people that he looks out and says father forgive them for they know not what they do then can we not love people even when we don't agree with them. Amen? Let us pray. Lord, in this place this morning, we pray for you to help us love. Maybe there's some folks in here this morning that there's some people that it's hard to love right now. Maybe there's some folks in this morning, here this morning, that, Lord, are are fighting for a love. Or maybe there's some folks here this morning, Lord, that they know that they're called to speak the truth in love, but they want to do that in a way that builds up and doesn't tear down. Lord, help us to do just that. Help us to love other people, period. Help us to love the sinner and hate our sin. And then, Lord, help us to speak the truth in love in those those areas and situations where needed. And Lord, that we'll continue to love even after that and trust God with those situations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.